0: a failure most anyone can see for whiskey sold in every town in the good old USA. Well the policeman will arrest you, he'll lock you up in jail, he'll drank up all your liquor and turn you out on bail.
1: Is it a blank I'm piece of paper? Back, sure is. It sure is. Okay. Well, I, you know, actually I have a little headache and you want to know why? Cause I've discovered in my old age and it probably always happened, but I noticed it now is I get slightly irritated. oh, <laughs> It immediately goes to my head and I'm like, oh. oh wow, why did I get this headache? And I go take some Advil. I'm like, I'll bet if I resolved whatever's pissing me off, which I won't resolve it. Cause I'm a woman. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on.
2: You come know, on
1: i will re- resolve it in about three weeks when it starts you know i'm oh. one of these people oh wow Ch- that if Who's you want to have a, <laughs> if you want to have a fight with me oh you can just geez. yell at me <gasps> oh because i'm a lousy fighter like i don't so <gasps> it, you know it like stays inside but when i'm in the oh. car by myself you watch in the out <laughs> <laughs> the things the way yeah. things connect the way i can come back with things is amazing but yeah, oh, if no. somebody's mad at me, you just go for it because I'm not going to come back at you. Anyway.
2: Okay. Well, then maybe this is a good time for me to bring up everything I'm mad at you about.
1: Well, no, because I'm irritated. Do you want me to tell you why I'm irritated? Do I have
2: a choice? Okay. This is my complaint with you. <laughs> I've been asking you for like two weeks <laughs> under the privacy of our texts. <laughs> nope. Babe, that's not it. <laughs> are you okay? And you're I'm like, fine. This I, is I'm a closed book. Okay. This is just an irritation. Okay. Hit me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hit me, mama. All right. Now, I know for sure they actually discussed this before, but I think I edited it out. Uh-huh. A year ago, oh, I went on boy. vacation. <laughs> and I'm going to say, I went on vacation to the... <laughs> up in Lincoln, New Hampshire. Okay. While I was up there. <gasps> I remember something. Yes. Our vacation yeah. was ruined, and many people would not... Th- be like, well, okay. It was a bummer, but why ruin your vacation? Because it, it just ended up overtaking. We were only up there for four days. So we had come home and I realized that our laundry wasn't washed to go on vacation. So I'm like, that's mm-hmm. okay. I'll throw it in the laundry when I get up there. Mm-hmm. All good. So we went up to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next morning I, as I'm ready to cook breakfast, said, let me throw the laundry in. Yeah. Cook breakfast and I'll run back down and throw it in the dryer. Yeah. So I did that. Mm. And I was literally maybe fifteen minutes after mm. the load was done. If mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it, yeah. no length of time between when the laundry would finish is to when I was going to pop in the dryer. Yeah, I get down there, my laundry's gone. Mm. My laundry's gone. I can't find it. I'm, I'm, I'm just shocked. I'm like, I was like, one other laundry was going at the time, and now there was several loads going. Yeah. So I'm thinking someone threw it into a dryer. There's nothing
2: yeah and these
1: two women there they were now hindsight is yeah 2020,
2: 2020.
1: yeah i was gonna say 50 50 and i wasn't <gasps> i knew that was wrong so these two women were like telling me about this other woman that had the kid maybe they grabbed the here look at our laundry it's not yours papa <laughs> look at our laundry they it's were, not they, yours but, but, well these they could are like oh here see oh, yeah. you know yeah. it's not in our dryer yeah they were really just too forthcoming with that like they would too mm.
2: but you wow, really definitely because, didn't take that out of the washer and put it in the dryer no, and dry it and put it right. back to our room or, we would
1: never do that or we didn't just take a bag of wet laundry and run it up to our room because we had like oh. Nike sh- we had like Nike shirts in it we had Yeah. Oh, and oh god. And keep in mind we had yeah. gone, we didn't have of the luxury of having a closet full of clothes at home this was the yeah. only clothing that we had for our va- for vacation the whole mm. time we were mm. in the states yeah oh
2: my god yeah
1: and everything we owned that was of black color was in it and of yeah. course i have teenagers everything we owned Is was black. in it <laughs> yeah yeah every shirt every pair of pants i mean you know i mean my son's underwear he had like one pair that he was wearing that's all the rest was all in the laundry <laughs> so we literally spent like I couldn't believe somebody would steal a thing of wet laundry, right? Yeah. Uh... By the way, people people steal wet laundry, so Apparently, yeah, it's a public service you're doing now. So now we've lost an entire day going back and forth. Finally, the front desk opened. I went up to talk to them. Nobody could believe that this was a thing. So yeah. we went off for the day, but we couldn't go very far because we had to come back trying to see if the laundry returned. <laughs> you know, like somebody grabbed the wrong load and right. then they brought it back oh, to right. leave it there.
2: Okay, it didn't just appear.
1: Plus this resort, cool. quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. They and I think a lot of it was because of COVID, so they didn't have a lot of help. The laundry room wouldn't close at five. Mm. They'd lock it. So I had to keep running back. Yeah. So they didn't lock the laundry into because we had nothing to wear. So uh <laughs> oh, Yeah. So we you know, the couple things we did, we were really irritated with the whole thing. Yeah. You know, we were knocking on doors. We, we spent a whole vacation looking for laundry. I even went to the police to complain because I'm like, this is ridiculous. Someone actually yeah. stole our laundry.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I sat down and thought about everything that we had. And it was well over $500 worth of laundry mm. in that load.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: So this and that. And so it was time to check out. I'm just thoroughly done. You know, it, it yeah. sucked. It yeah. sucked. It sucked. The. The resort itself didn't have any cameras downstairs. Mm-hmm. It didn't have any, you know, not even a sign saying it's under your responsibility. And I didn't <laughs> leave it there, but literally yeah. for a couple of yeah. minutes, these women snagged yeah. it in the, mi- in, they just, in minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'll tell you, the general manager at the time was kind of like thinking I was crazy or thinking I was lying. Like who would ever do that? But by- I said, you know mm-hmm. who would do it? People who look to see what the brand, because mm-hmm. I said something about it was expensive laundry. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, what's that mean? You know, your laundry's too good, you know." And somebody would just say, "No, they're gonna take it. And they're gonna sell it on eBay or Poshmark or whatever it is that they mm-hmm. sell clothes on these days. And they're gonna make some money off of it." Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of such a thing. I said, "Well, you need to open up your eyes. That those things happen now." Mm-hmm. And this and that and this and that. So when I went to check out, I'm still pissed off at this mm-hmm. resort, you know, because they really kind of brushed me off until I mm-hmm. called the police. And, oh, we're so sorry, Ba 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 you know, you know, can I give you some money off on your, your, Yo, oh, first they didn't offer any money off. They gave me a mm-hmm. certificate mm-hmm. to come back. I'm like, yeah. you know, I really, I'm just so irritated right now. I don't think I'm going to come back. You know, this yeah. isn't going to cover how my vacation was ruined because of your laundry room. Mm-hmm. That, that, that. So we agreed on a certain amount to take off. And he's like, But well, please come back. Give us another chance. Really? Mm-hmm. We're great resort, bah, bah, bah. I'm so sorry this happened. Come back. I'm like, all right, well, I'll think about it. Well, we want we're like you know what, at least it'll pay for our laundry now if we go right. So mm-hmm. I went to go redeem my certificate. Oh, oh I'm sorry. That's um during the summer's blackout dates. You gave me a certificate for blackout dates oh. as a we're sorry you didn't have a good time. We ruined our resort, ruined your vacation. Here, have a certificate that you're gonna have to use like mid March. <laughs> 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 you know, oh, I'm like, are you yeah. for real? And of course, I called the resort and <clears throat> wouldn't you know that two people both happen not to be in? Of course. To mm. speak to. So mm. I will call again tomorrow. But I didn't even give them a negative review last year. First off, if you people go to New Hampshire, avoid <coughs> for several reasons. They look lovely online. The, you know, it's not great. Plus, they don't own the pool, it belongs to a club. So it closes at five, as mm. does the game room. So if you have kids or whatever, you need to be, actually stay at that resort. And the only other thing they have is 12 tennis courts. What was one place need with 12 tennis courts? I have no idea. And again, you have to use those before they close at 5. <laughs> so I'm irritated, but it's okay. I feel better now. Oh, wow. See, Thanks. you're right, Deb. You s- talking
2: about it does help. You see, and did you, did you notice that I just listened and held space for you? Yeah, I, I appreciate try that. it. Okay. I, I was there for you. I could feel the emotion and I wanted to be a safe space. For well, you that's to share. twice,
1: Because you were there for me when it actually happened.
2: I was. I yeah. was. I, I think you were telling me about it like I couldn't actually see you. It was over text, so I was kind of laughing, but <laughs> you didn't know that, so that was the equivalent of me being supportive.
1: But you probably wouldn't have laughed if you really thought about the fact that the laundry was well over $500, and then so you have to replace I know. that no, laundry. No. I know. You're right. At first, and it sounds
2: ridiculous, but when you yep. break it down, it's like, hey, that's really effing annoying, you yeah. B- bastards. And it,
1: yeah. And I mean, I didn't buy you know vacation insurance that covers laundry.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that probably would have cost five hundred dollars,
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you'll probably buy it from now on, and you'll never need to use it. But that and would no, just I, be I, reason. I
1: won't. I just will yeah. never use the, and I usually don't. But when I realized we literally had no lawn, you know, no clean clothes, I'm like, yeah, ah. I'll throw them in in the morning, flip them over, yeah. and then we're good. <laughs> so well. now, because they irritated me with that, oh, you have to use it during the blackout. That even though I'm contesting that, I have mm-hmm. no qualms complaining about them on our little podcast here. Yeah, I was nice for the past year.
2: Our ginormous podcast.
1: Correct. And if anybody wants to redo the story, go for it. (laughs) Just (laughs) don't mess up their name. Make sure you really throw them through the mud. (laughs) Hi.
2: Hey. hey. (laughs) How you
1: doing? (laughs) Biggest apologies. I really screwed up this week. I just... Everybody knows Chris. Deb is the one who gets these done late. I am literally almost a week <laughs> late with my podcast. Chris, nobody needed to know that. I have no, a stellar no. image
2: online and on the earth, actually, <laughs> I dare say. People know that I have got my shit together and I show up <laughs> in time and on time.
1: <laughs> I think in the, the year whatever, I've never been this late. It is.
2: Oh, I love wow. it. Wow. It's almost um, a
1: week late. I know I
2: loved every minute of it because it gave me... <laughs> Firstly, I got to relax. And secondly, um, yeah.
1: By the way, just because I'm late doesn't mean we're not recording Sunday yours.
2: Um, Next Sunday, you mean, right? Okay, <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try, but you were late. What was I supposed to do? I had to hold down the... Ca- I had to, like, hold down the fort. Uh-huh, Somebody had uh-huh. to... <laughs> Someone had to not write down on the paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, no, you know what? I, I'm going to do an extra good episode on Sunday just to Ooh. show you that I can.
1: I know you can. I Aww. know you can. You always oh, come well, up through ba- me. That
2: backfired. I was trying to get y'all, I was trying to get us into our first fight so I could see that thing you said you do where you just like, I'm sorry.
1: And you don't see yourself. But then I'll get into the car to drive somewhere.
2: Yeah. Well, will I give it to you? I know. But th- why <laughs> can't we have that? Like the same thing happened to me at work today. I, anyway, I had the best answer for something that of course came to me when I went to make a coffee mm-hmm. and why, why, why can't we not in that moment, I guess we're just blinded by our anxiety. I
1: th- right? It's got to be something like that because there yeah. are people who can just give it to you and they, no qualms or you say something right back in your face. If it's funny or cute, I can, I'm I'm there. (laughs) Or pop culture. Yeah. If it's to defend myself or to remember something that happened that I can come back with, yeah, that's going to take time. Yeah. And then the worst part is half the time I forget really what the whole thing irritated me about, but I know (laughs) I'm irritated.
2: (laughs) Well, except that now we know that there's a tendency for you to come back a year later (laughs) and
1: and rant. So I just. (laughs) I was being, you know what? I was doing my part yeah they we agreed on something they were going to give me a free stay whether or not yep. i used that was up to me yep. i was going to get a. some i didn't i still paid for the resort just not the whole price yeah yeah but it didn't cover uh okay yeah it Let's didn't not cover the again. laundry i know, not, know but i know not it's mad. no <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> i thought you got it all out of you there's more in yeah, there you it's, <laughs> give her riled me up
2: again yeah. <laughs>
1: don't write. oh, oh i did
2: this yes. is about me no, it's all my fault
1: yeah it is it's all your fault Deb. you don't understand <laughs> i trying to get you to fight oh my god yeah i i, I just, and now we're not here. speaking <laughs> that'll make for an amazing podcast episode she's <laughs> gonna read my podcast which brings me to another point damn it yeah what jesus christ okay. spill so re- it woman <laughs> <laughs> we haven't recorded in a while. It almost feels like we haven't recorded in months, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, our, our listeners don't have to pay for that, though. It's not their fault. Today, they do. So, <laughs> I also am so glad that our thing is to not tell each other what we're writing about. Right. Because yeah. that backf- Because I had a three-part series, yeah. I knew what my third part was supposed to be. So did I. I know, and so did everybody else. So I had yeah. to do it.
2: I know. And I really don't
1: do well when I have to do something.
2: I you are a rebel. You um, know. Yeah, I know.
1: I know. Um, In, yeah. And the worst just... part was it was so much information. It was really all great. It was just my mind wasn't there. I needed something easier this week.
2: I, uh, I, I totally get you, but you did rise to the occasion. It will be amazing. Okay, just stop it. And, I mean, I'm sorry. Could you- oh, Wow. <laughs> wow. I, if we haven't fought by the end of this episode, my work here will not be done. I will not go to bed. I want to go to bed steaming stop. angry. You won't be able to sleep
1: now. Good. I've got
2: stupid podcast with stupid Chris.
1: <laughs> you we know love- what? I- I felt like buying, even before I got irritated, like the irritation is really right now. That's why I'm- uh, We, I'm we got on.
2: that. We are but well aware. <laughs>
1: it, it hasn't been a day long thing. It happened right before I went on. That's why. But- <laughs> oh, dear listeners. Earlier, I was like, oh, maybe I should go buy a bottle of wine. I never have wine anymore. No, I, I don't know. really have any drinks, which you would think the whole prohibition thing, I would go to oh, have a f- bunch of drinks, but I think yeah. I'm actually participating in prohibition. Oh, And you can tell I'm getting old because my words, were, my thoughts were- Yes, a glass of wine would be nice, especially during the podcast, could be relaxing, but oh, then I won't be able to sleep.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I remember being 17, 18 and worrying about that too. It's like, no, I could go to that party, but I'm just afraid my stomach, my tummy's going to be upset, you know, for the rest of the weekend.
1: Uh, Well, no, I do know now, if I have a, if I have a drink now, it will actually interrupt my sleep really badly. Oh, it's, well, okay, but
2: maybe we're, Okay. It's not being old, it's being informed and making informed decisions because spontaneity and having a little fun is so effing overrated. I'm so sick of it. All right? (laughs) Just sick of it. All right. You made me sick of it. I'm sorry. This is all your fault. I know. Oh wow. Oh, you didn't take the wait till you hear me in the car. Wait till you hear me in the
1: car. You are gonna get it, young lady.
2: Well, you know how we were talking about how boring an episode it would be if, if, because right now it's not boring at all for our (laughs) listeners. If um, we were just sat here mad at each other, well, I had a thought because I actually okay, I came out of because, Chris, you need to know that this is not all about you, okay? Sometimes I need to get a little bit about. Oh wow! Wow, up a lot. I sometimes I need to take up a teeny bit of space in this podcast. Oh, okay. Maybe talk about something. I, I apologize. About, Please, well, Deb, go ahead. Once in a while, it should be about you. Yeah, well, okay. Just, you know, baby steps. Okay, I don't want to like, shock. we don't need to make any shocking changes, <laughs> but I'd like to speak a little bit about myself every so often. So I came out of my my abyss of misery. <laughs> Congratulations. A few days ago. Yeah, it was great. And um, I'm sorry, were you talking, done talking about yourself? Forever. <laughs> so, anyway, so I, I because you know how I'm kind of manic? So, I was like in this abyss of misery. And then I just got out of it and I felt really happy the last few days to the point where I was getting ready for work and I was like dancing and singing and there was music on. I just, you know, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. We should do a dance-off on our podcast. Uh, But then I thought, since we're not, like, even on YouTube, how interesting would that be for our (laughs) listeners? Just hearing our our slippers shuffle (laughs) along the ground. And
1: at our age, it would be more
2: of a shuffling than anything. (laughs) Except, Chris, Um, if we got tap shoes, we could tap dance. And entertain the listeners.
1: You did.
2: I did. I love tap. I love it.
1: Wow. Listen to her go. (laughs) Wow. She is in a rambunctious mood. I am. And that, I don't even
2: have my tap shoes on. You 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 haven't even heard my
1: episode yet. Can you imagine?
2: Is this, in terms of length of time, is this like a classic Chris episode, or is it a normal person's attention span? What would be logical to serve that kind of episode?
1: One might think I excelled. <laughs> <laughs> you you outdid the Christmas. I outdid my... Well, I did the usual amount of pages. Actually, one or two less. Fewer? Yes. <laughs> one or two pages less. Or one or two pages fewer than before. However, it's not <laughs> double spaced.
2: Why would you do that? You know what? Okay, that's it. I can't take it anymore. I stole your I stole your effing laundry, okay? I stole return it. it or give me yeah. 500 bucks, one <laughs> or the other. You decide. I'll give you um the left foot that doesn't work and a hundred bucks.
1: Um, take I it or can leave do it. without the I can do without the paralyzed <laughs> toes. <laughs> well
2: three of them are working now you just need to get the two going is it, as long as the big toe is working
1: so you can stand up because that's what i had the operation on i know but but yet you're still able to stand so that's amazing i am you see that's you why an i was like okay
2: pretty much that's where i wanted this to end up with that statement <laughs> all
1: about them we exactly. Know. exactly okay Whew. now okay every, oh we are we are recording, but I'm lifting you up now.
2: Oh, you have, I lift lifted. Me, you have lifted me up psychologically, yep. mentally, and now physically, apparently, you put, yep. your, you put your laptop on a box? I did. a Very expensive Sephora box. Oh, but it's not a pedestal <laughs> because I always felt
1: I should be on a pedestal. I'm too cheap to buy a pedestal. I'm sorry. What the
2: fuck is a pedestal, actually? Sorry, I know I'm getting riled up. What is a pedestal, actually?
1: mar. Well, you live in Greece. Isn't it a marble thing that you put things on? (laughs) Like a marble column? (laughs) That's a pedestal? Yeah.
2: Put her up on a pedestal.
1: Yeah, like you're you're displaying. Like, you know, you like to see the the face or the bust of a person and they're up on that. Oh, you want to see my bust now? now?
2: You want to see my bust now? I'm just a piece of meat to you? (laughs) Well, knowing you, I probably will in a few minutes. (laughs) <laughs> I'm having a hot flash as we speak. where the hell are your soybeans that's a, I ate them today for the love of God so yeah, you a pedestal them every day. I do
1: I do I do I do
2: okay um, so a
1: pedestal is like it doesn't have to be marble but that's a classic look it could be okay, okay. whatever F- right. you prefer it could be metal really ooh a metal no pedestal rules. no thank
2: you okay I, I like this okay but okay <clears throat> enough about you um <laughs> I do have to say something pertinent. Yes. That is very important. And you and I are very excited about it.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, we We, are? We are. We are. We are.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You just clicked in. Right? Stay gold, Johnny. Stay gold, Johnny. (laughs) We went Um. on our friend Kendra's podcast called Crushgasm and we had so much fun. I felt like we were... Like at a sleepover with popcorn yep. and I don't know,
1: candy. Okay, and somebody you- snuck in a little bit of vodka and we were having a great yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, no, it had- was so fun because we yeah. were reliving our teenage years and we all know that was a long time ago.
2: A long time ago, like back when pedestals were a thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we sat on pedestals. No. Deb still sits, a per- is perched on hers. <laughs>
2: Now, I perch myself. Nobody's actually put me on a pedestal, but. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, thanks. Um, we had so much fun. Kendra, thank you so much. We just had such a good time. It was so fun reliving all of that. Kendra has the most amazing podcast, Crush Chasm. She dives into various crushes that you might yeah. have on. I don't know, people, things, Whoever. anything. She's, oh, yeah, exactly. I think she p- publishes once a week. So there's lots of their uh, stuff there for you guys to crush on. Please check her out. It's Crushgasm.
1: You can find her wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, I think she did. There was one I listened to too. She was uh, crushing through each year of the 90s
2: she was oh, yeah. like crushing 996
1: it was so cute it was it's yeah. really a cute little concept it's very uh it's fun it's a it's lot of fun to listen fun. to
2: and relatable really relatable i listened to one on uh well i've listened to a couple but <clears> the <throat> one that stands out is janet jackson i mean who didn't oh, crush on heard. janet jackson well you crushed Ooh, on I michael didn't. jackson i
1: crushed on michael jackson right.
2: time. Yeah. yeah but enough about you so
1: <laughs> are we doing <laughs> did you want to get to this podcast because um i worked really do you know how much more i could have put in this that's the really sad part. No, this is why I'm seriously
2: proud of you, because I know that's a real issue for you. I'm, look- a, I'm looking I'm for what now, I can cut out,
1: and you're like, what What more can I add? I, in my head, I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't put that in. Oh, I wanted no. to do that. I'm still doing that. But I, I had to cut it at three parts, because... No, no, no. It's it's perfect. We know so much more than we did... Oh, for the love uh, of God, I'm now a Ten months lover.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when you started this... Um, series on Prohibition, you know, a year ago, we <laughs> we knew much less or I fewer. I felt if we did it daily, you know, it, it was like you're living it. Yeah. It, yeah. I think that's why I'm having a hot flash. No, All right. No, it's been fantastic. Come on. Hit it.
1: All Chit- right. <clears throat> Excuse bleh. me. Ah, my irritation aside, it's time to chitter chatter.
2: Let's get at her, as my dad would say. You
1: know, Peter, no, he that would say sounds Peter. sounds like
2: a death. I know, a Canadian dad thing. Pitter-patter, yeah. let's get at her. Isn't that adorbs?
1: Oh, that is adorable. I know. I know. Yeah, it was. Anyway.
2: Anyway. No, I mean, he's still with us, but he's, <laughs> he's not dead. Uh-huh. Oh my God, I'm knocking on wood. I'm tapping my little tap shoes. Um, I know, he's just very far away from me. He's still very sweet. Okay. He's so sweet. Okay, but anyway, enough about you.
1: Uh- right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right, listen up
0: enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder can i make a podcast but it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time what if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily well now there is introducing podcasting made easy from Podcasting audio my production team will handle your entire audio production allowing you to be the star of your show This is podcasting made easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy.
1: (laughs) Deb, stop your laughing and focus. We're in the time of a dry time in America when nobody was drinking. Supposedly. (laughs) If you have not been blessed with listening to parts one and two, one must go back and listen. Now, we're on to part three. Oh, my God. And I'll cut it here, but I really wanted a part four. So, we highlighted speakeasies, nightclubs, and the jazz age, well, two weeks ago now. Yes. Um, But what we didn't cover is how the speakeasies could get their hands on all that alcohol.
2: We did not cover that.
1: Because... I mean,
2: it was illegal. Yeah. And but Lord knows when something's illegal, that's it. It I cannot know. be found anywhere. It is <laughs> off the face of the earth. Okay, And
1: yet, shockingly, these speakeasies had plenty of it. Oh, God. So the answer is quite simple. Basically, the alcohol came from grandma, bootleggers, rum runners, and organized crime.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait a second. What do you mean? How can you start a list with grandma and end <laughs> it with organized crime? I mean, I know that there are some pretty nasty grandmothers out there, but what? What do you mean? Well, the alcohol came from grandma? Sure.
1: Came from everyone. But we'll get into uh-huh. that. Oh, okay. Um, so again <laughs> kinda hard to put all this in because everything overlaps. So here we go. Let's start okay. with bootleggers and rum runners. Huh? So what's the difference? Well, they are essentially the same. They both perform the act of smuggling illegal alcohol. Okay. Before prohibition, it was done basically to avoid taxes. And then mm-hmm. after prohibition, obviously, because alcohol was illegal. Mm-hmm. So the term bootlegging is used when you're smuggling um, alcohol on land. Okay. Whereas rum running is when you're doing it on water.
2: That, like, there's no clue. If this podcast didn't exist, I would never have learned that in my entire lifetime. No, it's... (laughs) I just want to know where you're going to use it. (laughs) Yeah. I I will find a way now that I know it.
1: But don't you picture rum runners as, like, pirates? I don't know. That's just me, probably.
2: I had zero concept of what a rum runner might be, but it certainly didn't occur to me that it was on water.
1: Okay. awesome. Learn something new every day. Today, you laughed and learned. Huh. All right, so where did the word bootlegger come from? Well, there's two ideas on this one. Um, One, it was used by white people in the Midwest during the 1880s to describe the practice of concealing flasks of liquor uh, in their boot tops to go trade with the Native Americans. Oh, okay. Okay. And the other, it's basically the same thing. This one was during the Civil War. Soldiers snuck liquor into the Army camps by putting pint bottles in the boots under the pants. Oh. So either way, they put yeah. booze in their boots, bootleggers. Pick whatever one you want.
2: Yeah, because the boots go on the legs just for anybody who didn't make that connection. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Now what you didn't mention is that they the boots back then would go up the whole leg. They were not like Timberlands. <laughs> <laughs> they would oh, you're right. They were what yeah, like these were like calf. Yeah. What are
2: boots. those called? Yeah. The guys who wear boots and poop I Are they anything. called, no, like
1: chaps? No, those are something no, different. No, those okay. are totally different. Those are like pants <clears throat> with butts hanging out. <laughs> Today
2: you learn, people. <laughs> you learn what Deb thinks about when she thinks about <laughs> leather on men. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Sorry. Now. <laughs> Rum running actually began before the U.S. thought Prohibition would be a good idea. Okay. Because, well, being good neighbors to the South, um, we decided to help our Canadian friends. Aww. I know. So by 1917, all, almost all provinces in Canada, except for Quebec, and don't make fun of the way I say Quebec. I was just
2: about to, but Okay.
1: <laughs> They had prohibited the sale of alcohol. So knowing how cold it was up there, we Aww. risked life and limb to get <laughs> them alcohol by way of international waters. Really? Thankfully, Canada, oh. most of Canada's providences repealed the law by 1920. So you could return the favor.
2: Oh, hey, did you see how that worked out? That it was did, amazing. It, and it
1: did. It really, really
2: did. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> like, we're just bond. You know, Canada is the yin to the United States is yang. Just like I am the yin to your yang or the yang to your yin. You know, no? you couldn't
1: have said it better. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah.
2: I'll, so I'll page try. Page two.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so know, in the beginning God. of prohibition mm-hmm. it seems like the term rum running i can't say it well because my lips are really dry was back <laughs> on the box <books. laughs> it, re- it would refer to the active ships leaving bimini bahamas loaded with rum and mm-hmm. they would dock in florida to supply the speakeasies mm-hmm. Okay. however sense. they soon realized rum is really cheap so mm. it's not really great profit margins Right. So they began to expand to running Canadian whiskey, French champagne, and English gin to cities like New York, Chicago, and Boston, where customers oh. are willing to pay top dollar. Oh. Um, okay, but alcohol is illegal. So how aren't they getting caught?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, because, okay, yeah, tell me and I'll tell you what I thought we'll get.
1: <laughs> I'm I sorry. Just, that was it. I'm done.
2: I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. You didn't actually want an answer for that? They call question? that
1: re- rhetorical. There. That's. I'd oh, explain to you done. what that means, but I, I mean, it just means don't answer don't, it. But well, it means that's a really long ex- word, it must be
2: a foreign word. You no? rhetoric. Um, you know, there's an H in there, right? Sure, <laughs> rhetoric. Um, so because uh,
1: there's the H, that's why.
2: <laughs> that's it, that's all. Uh, I feel like it might be Latin ish, but I don't sure, know. okay, <gasps>
1: it's Mesopotamian now. <laughs> Let's see if I can give you a kind of a picture of what was going on. Mm-hmm. So as soon as as Prohibition began, the thirst for alcohol seemed to increase. <laughs> yes, <it laughs> I does. don't know if you noticed. Yeah. Uh, people were making their own at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, speakeasies were opening and crime was getting what we call organized. Mm-hmm. See, before Prohibition, crime was just basically gangs and street thugs. Yeah. Not the godfather type of crime that wow. we picture. Or organized crime to be in fact the 1920s was the birth of organized crime Mm. i know isn't that i don't know why oh (laughs) no but it it is super interesting so really and not just the
2: 1920s but prohibition
1: right really because they had to
2: get organized literally get organized to figure out how to get around this horrible law
1: What a pain in the ass this law was. So before 1920, um, there were small gangs running gambling rings, extortion, loan sharking, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's just playground stuff. I know. (laughs) And quite honestly, their bosses were just usually corrupt politicians. They would have the thugs go out and intimidate the opposition and voters, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Bang. And in return, the politicians would have the police chief kind of turn a blind eye to what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. now alcohol was looking to be the next big business mm-hmm. but to do this it was going to involve a lot of people mm-hmm. you'd need someone to organize everything you would need to get lawyers accountants brewmasters police boat captains judges jurors politicians everyday citizens people on the street henchmen and the list goes on oh my god It it is crazy
2: yeah no wonder you were overwhelmed by the
1: <laughs> by the topic i am just sheer amazement over this whole thing yeah yeah so you as a boss need to organize your people to get the crime done and done they did in all the big cities mob bosses emerged and this was great for these small guys as they were being absorbed into these and making some money hmm. so these new mobs open and ran a lot of the speakeasies themselves um and they would actually pay the ordinary citizen to produce whiskey okay they were in the um this organized crime was also they were the new bootleggers moving alcohol countrywide along with the citizens they took over the waterways Mm. uh, and getting this demon run into the all over america Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's think about it prohibition was only 13 years long and all this is organized in the very beginning (laughs) Uh, i don't know chris
2: there are people out there who's the gears but in their brains work a little faster than ours think do. Think
1: how big America is. I know, but and where there's we, a will, there's a way. But they <laughs> didn't have, they didn't have texting. They didn't have, you know, know, computers to organize all this stuff. How did all of? I just, I and I don't know. I don't know how it actually all came to be and how everyone got the th- same thoughts and got this going. I don't yeah. know. In the end, I still don't know. know. After eighty-seven pages, I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, can I ask
2: something which you probably you might not have looked up? <clears throat> Where does the word mob come from? Do we, did you From that mobsters?
1: Up? No. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's just I rhetoric. don't know. Okay. No, all don't. right. But, you know, I'll be talking. You can Google. So okay. first, let's check out rum running, which, by yeah. the way, I thought was going to just be some one paragraph. Guess oh, what?
2: God. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, rum, okay. It's just over. Well, no. Okay. So um, rum running uh, per- pertains to all alcohol, not just rum. Oh okay, okay. Oh, I just burped. So we, <laughs> know- <laughs> so sure. we know the Bahamas okay. was sending rum, um. But another great supplier was Cuba. Mm. Uh, at one point, they oh. said that 1926. Yeah. 1926- yeah, it was before we had our, you know, yeah thing embargo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> things sounded so much like bigger. <laughs> anyway, it said back in 1926. At any one time, there were at least 28 ships that were docked in Cuba waiting to be loaded. And altogether, there were about 45 ships going back and forth continually, su- supplying the thirsty people of America. Oh, and my God. And that's just f- from Cuba.
2: Yeah. And it's obviously in plain sight of all the authorities, all like it was... Yeah. Well, there was nothing secret <laughs> about it, really. Oh, no, there
1: was. It was. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, huh. Um. It is estimated that Havana alone smuggled five hundred thousand cases of illegal liquid gold every month, or about six million cases per year wow. from just Havana.
2: Wow! Oh my God! And you can't even get a voucher.
1: I can exactly. I can't, exactly. <laughs> Hotel I can't stay. even get a voucher for a stinking room <laughs> in, New, yeah. in the woods of New Hampshire. <laughs> anyway so as the thirst in america grew so did their needs they no longer were happy to just get rum or local homemade stuff they wanted they wanted the good stuff they wanted Mm -hmm. the good quality whiskey the champagne and all the other alcohol too Mm -hmm. so whiskey from great britain would travel to nassau bahamas along with other caribbean islands and then they would find ways to smuggle it to the states Mm -hmm. um They might bring it to New Orleans or up the East Coast. And if the whiskey was coming from Canada, it would be transported by ship or on land. Mm -hmm. So if it was going to the West Coast, it would enter the U.S., by the way, of British Columbia. Mm -hmm. If it was being delivered to the Midwest, it would go uh, in from Saskatchewan or Ontario. Mm -hmm. And those Easterners, those East Coasters, well, they needed whiskey too. And Nova Scotia or the French island of St. Pierre uh, would supply us. Oh, my God. And St. Pierre, which...
2: Sorry, but look at you rhyming off those Canadian provinces. You didn't didn't even know they were called provinces a few months ago. I know. I'm so
1: proud of you. Thank you. Do, don't you like? I rattle off Saskatchewan. It's a I know. fun word. I know. Just like nobody's <laughs> business. God, like, I feel like I'm almost more
2: Canadian than you. Well, uh, that's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget the BC is from Nova Scotia.
1: I know that. Friend. I know. Okay. Thank right. you for the um, all the whiskey. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, I did mention the French island of St. Pierre. Yes. As at that turned out to be, and it's a very small island, a smuggler's hot spot. St. <laughs> Pierre <laughs> is about a thousand nautical miles, which I don't know the difference between nautical and regular, but anyway, so it's a nautical miles off of New York. Oh. And this became basically a wholesale trading post for rum runners. God. This cute little island isn't <laughs> far from Canada's Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Do you see how I didn't say Newfoundland?
2: Appreciate it, yes. Mm-hmm. We, see, we have to work on the way you say Quebec, but apart from that, you're doing great.
1: You laugh at me over Montreal, which I still don't Oh, understand. Montreal, yeah. I still don't <laughs> see the... I cannot hear the difference. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Newfoundland. <clears throat> now, and before Prohibition, um, its residents had made a living from the sea, like cod. Evidently, <laughs> Canada did... <laughs> Canada did try to stop bootlegging booze from Canada into the U.S. at one point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm laughing because you said the word
2: cod
1: (laughs) like with such disdain like Like, cod
2: oh cod is what unless it's uh, you're it's bostonian and you're saying card no no that would be cod because we
1: have cape cod which so we have cod too and i like cod but it's just it's one of those words that's kind of cod It's yeah. not a fancy word. It's not no Saskatchewan. It's cod. It's
2: true. <laughs> Good, or Newfoundland or British Columbia.
1: You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Saying cod, cod after naming
2: off those majestic Canadian provinces <laughs> was clearly quite the disappointment. You
1: are right. Carry on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> cod. <laughs> so evidently, <laughs> Canada did try to stop bootlegging booze from, uh, from Canada into the U.S., Mm-hmm. But that just opened up a whole new world for the people of this small little island. <laughs> they traded in their cod nets and their fishing lines for whiskey, wine, and money. <laughs> Between 1911 and 1918, before Prohibition, Saint mm-hmm. Pierre imported about 98,500 liters of alcohol. You know, just for their, people. just for local consumption. Yes, <laughs> by 1930 towards the end mm-hmm. of Prohibition, mm-hmm. they had more than 4 million liters of whiskey go through their warehouses along with <gasps> hundreds of thousands of cases of wine, champagne, brandy, and rum. Oh, my God. That's St. Pierre with them. They yeah. Had to build, they were building warehouses. They're like, they just yeah. transformed them.
2: I think we have to add St. Pierre to the road trip. I think it's that interesting.
1: I think it is. I yeah. agree with you. Put it on the map. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so this little <laughs> island, it totally flourished. Once it had nice, because this one had a nice deep harbors, so mm-hmm. most ships could just go right in. It was easy peasy oh for them. Ah, yeah. Um, and they never had a dry time like Canada and America, uh-huh. so they opened up bars for the people for the ships coming into port and stuff. And what really helped them was in 1924, mm-hmm. Britain and Canada made an attempt to honor the American prohibition law and agreed to ban export of alcohol to the U.S. <gasps> However, France who owns St. Pierre, did not sign what is now known as the liquor treaty. Uh Uh-huh. So ships pull into harbor, workers would quickly unload and brought it to the warehouses and they unpacked it. And then they packed individual bottles into burlap, burlap bags packed with straw to muffle any clanking. And then they put them into bigger sacks for export. (sighs) There was so much work involved in this. Oh Yeah. Oh my God. And then the ships would usually conceal the bottles under false bottoms, kind of like beneath the fish bins. Right. Because who would want to pick up the cod fish bins? (laughs) 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 Then they'd anchor offshore in a designated area and wait for the contact boat. (laughs) They were small, high-speed boats. that, And they'd run up. They would toss a very large amount of cash onto (gasps) the ship. Oh my God. Then they'd take their alcohol that was ordered and speed off and wow. get to land. And they load onto trucks with that were waiting. So, God. but so, you know, St. Pierre wasn't the only place they were getting their booze. Really?
2: It's <laughs> exhilarating though. I'm like excited. I feel like I'm on a, in a high speed chase. It I'm just is, sitting on my chair. I
1: just cannot believe the amount. I know.
2: And there's a world war going on. I mean, earlier, Right? earlier mm-hmm. right,
1: right. But, but you said something between
2: 1911 and 1919. well that was like... just
1: showing how little they yeah Saint Pierre, actually would ever have alcohol you right know, okay it was just it was such a tiny island and yeah. then suddenly there were millions of cases coming in and out but we also had the floating liquor market oh. otherwise known as rum row this was wow. 12 i guess 12 nautical miles out to sea it's three miles off of the mainland of the U S after three Mm -hmm. miles, you can have alcohol. So, um, so basically it's past the line of coast guard jurisdiction. And this rum row ran right down the East coast from New York to Atlanta. It was, it was essentially a place for ships with alcohol on them to anchor. (gasps) They even would be so bold as to hang cardboard signs over the railing saying what liquor they had on board and how much it cost. (laughs) What? Uh, but wait but okay a floating rum what did you say they called it rum row it was a floating liquor island but basically it was just it was miles and miles and miles of boats just lined up ships lined up with alcohol waiting for someone to come get it oh my
2: god
1: and sounds
2: like a dream destination
1: And these you know, these contacts would be in these speed boats and they would just shop from these ships. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's really like going to the mall. And by the way, these boats they had, Mm -hmm. they could outrun the Coast Guard. (laughs) They were manufactured in Florida.
2: Oh. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. That's insane. Like I am also blown away by this infrastructure. But I think I know. And alcohol was, really inspires people to figure it out.
1: It's not only the infrastructure, okay, you know, it would take decades. No, it literally took minutes. It took
2: oh a hot minute God. for all this to get set up. Yeah. Oh, my. And why so, did they have to taunt about it by putting cardboard signs? like, Well, because they cause, cause
1: were right. So you would go to their yeah. boat. If it was a little cheaper, you'd go to their boat instead. Oh, okay. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Because they were. Got it. Because they were over the three mile mark. Right, right, they right. They were oh, yeah. legal to have it on board their boat. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. All right. Now, let's meet the land lovers, the bootleggers. Mm -hmm. As I said, homemade alcohol and prohibition go hand in hand, and so does bootlegging. Mm -hmm. Now, for one to make homemade hooch, you need to ferment a mash in a still. The mash is usually made up of corn sugar or fruit or beets or potato peels. And once you ferment it, it would produce a very high-proof alcohol. Hmm. And now keep in mind, high-proof doesn't mean high-quality saying Uh then you add glycerin and a touch of juniper oil as flavoring now I didn't know why you add glycerin yeah so I asked your friend not mine Google (laughs) and (laughs) he said
2: (laughs) we'll find out this week when I'm preparing my episode yeah
1: (laughs) it said to conceal the harshness of poor quality moonshine the motorcycle this has come this road out here has turned into a speedway
2: Wow. God, it's Chris. ridiculous. And you your know. life is almost, it's not for the faint hearted. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's no wonder I'm not brewing my own moonshine. Seriously. Now. All right. So the hoot, In case, because I know you're probably working on figuring out how you're going to make your own alcohol. If you yes. decide you wanted gin. Yeah. Basically you take your moonshine and you water it down by about half. Huh. Uh, but there was a problem. Mm-hmm. See, the bottles were too tall to fit underneath the faucet. Of the kitchen sink, <sighs> right? So that's an issue. <laughs> yeah. No, so what does one ridiculous. do? Yeah. What does one do, Chris? What does one do? Well, what do you think they do? They fill the bottles in the bathtub, which gives us the n- name. She has bathtub gin. Haven't you ever I've heard of never bathtub? Never heard oh, of bathtub, of Canadians. Gin. <laughs> No, it's just Deb. It's just Deb. <laughs> I think so. I'm pretty sure the ones who listen to us in Canada. Have, I assume you've heard of bathtub Jim, Jim, Jim. I don't know who he is, but Jim <laughs> is. What oh, we bathtub Jim. I know him. Oh,
2: did you hear that little rhyme? Yeah.
1: But bathtub Jim. Nah,
2: I never had a taste for it.
1: Yeah, that's what they used to call. I, I remember. I probably from Beverly Hillbillies or something. But bathtub Jim. <laughs> but yeah, it was sunshine. Okay. You know. Okay. You know. You know. I anyway, know I know this stuff was rank <laughs> <laughs> and really many people couldn't stand the taste of it which is why speakeasies began blending oh. out to two with the mixers see how it's all coming
2: together yes that was a total full circle moment because that's <laughs> cocktails the origin correct of
1: cocktails. My god So in case you missed last episode, they would mix it with like soda or juice or bitters and they would add like fruit garnishes, anything Mm -hmm. to get rid of that taste. All to disguise that nasty little taste. Now, mind you.
2: But also from what I remember from the last episode to if they did get raided or whatever by the police to hide the fact that they were drinking alcohol, you see how I pay attention. You You were paying attention.
1: Now, I do want to mention, I didn't mention it before, mixed drinks were already being made before, Mm -hmm. you know, they had different mixed drinks. Okay. But these cocktails, you know, these are yeah. fancy cocktails of today came out of it, and they were now fashionable to drink. So cool. It was like the same yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. The flappers. And you know what else speakeasies popularized? What? Wine. Really? Wine served with Italian food. I don't know why that. I read it, Um, so I reported it. Okay. Yeah, it's
2: all you can do as a yeah. professional researcher, like we are on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, a facts, why
1: man. did wine become uh, popularized in the speakeasies? Why? Because it was so plentiful. Oh, see, by the way, the bathtub gin was like yeah. grandma because it was made at home. See, see? oh, right.
2: now you see another. I full knew I had to moment. point that out. Okay, yes,
1: <laughs> thank you. In the last episode. I explained the prohibition law allowed each household to produce up to 200 gallons yeah. of wine per year for personal consumption. Right. Yes. Allow me to put this into perspective for you, Deb. Mm-hmm. 200 gallons of wine equals 1,000 bottles of wine.
2: Wait a second.
1: Or, and I double-checked it too, or 2.7 bottles per day. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say it's like three a day.
2: <gasps> Per household. I
1: I, I well, had no idea 200 oh. gallons if you put no. it into to equal that a thousand What home wow. could pro- possibly need a thousand bottles of wine?
2: <laughs> yeah, like I can see drinking three bottles of wine a night, maybe like if I don't know, there might have been aunts and uncles staying in the same house, what was the average household like? Um, but like maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks.
1: Even glass with din- which I don't even think having wine with dinner back then was a thing. Which is probably yeah. what the speakeasies. Yeah. Ah, see well, there you go. What having wine with your dinner like at the speakeasies? You know, it's probably how it became popularized. Um. Anyway, so I can see you can see where wine became yeah readily available. Oh yeah. God. Um so picture this in 1919, a ton of grapes would cost $9 and 50 cents. Okay. And I looked it up. That's $170 and 88 cents in 2023. Okay. All right. And that was Mm. in 1919, Mm -hmm. five years later, Mm -hmm. that same ton of grapes Mm -hmm. would cost $375 or $6,433 today. Wow. Because the grapes were in such demand. Yeah. Um, and so you can understand it the acreage of land f- to grow grapes in California mm-hmm. went from 97,000 acres mm-hmm. to 681,000 <gasps> acres during prohibition. And that's legal. And it's legal because... Right, it's just grapes.
2: And it was the house... No, no, well, yeah, apart from that, though, um, the households were allowed to produce, what did you say, up to, what was it, 200 gallons? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Or 1,000 bottles. Yeah.
2: Or 1,000 bottles, so... Per year. It was totally legal. (gasps) So I guess that if we did, like, an episode on um, vineyards,
1: there would be a lot of talk of that period. (laughs) Grapes. It's not like cod. (laughs) No, it certainly isn't like cod. I'm not doing an episode on cod, I'll tell you. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Let's get through this
2: one. Okay.
1: (laughs) Um, So I'm thinking that maybe some of these houses may have sold some bottles of wine off. I'm not saying they did because that would be illegal.
2: But obviously you don't have to state the obvious. But yeah, (laughs) for people who, you know, constantly, you know, want to find a fault with someone. Yes, you need to point that
1: out. Um, And I'm not sure where the statistic came from, but it was a fun one. It said (laughs) from 1925 to 1929 okay, that's four years, 679 million gallons of wine were enjoyed, which is three oh. times more than the five years before Prohibition.
2: Wow. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable.
1: So you would think, well, can't be easy to make moonshine or illegal alcohol. Where would one buy a still during Prohibition? Don't you yeah. worry. Your local hardware store is a good place to uh, start. They literally sold everything. Everything you needed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe those things were used for other things, too. So that's why they were allowed to have them.
1: They were just Ah. pieces and parts. So Ah. based on Prohibition Bureau estimates, in 1929, towards the end, Americans Mm -hmm. brewed 700 million gallons of homemade beer. Oh, my God. A couple years earlier, in 1927, the key ingredient in making beer, malt Mm -hmm. syrup, Mm -hmm. produced 888 million pounds of the stuff. Okay, that's enough to make more than six million, I'm sorry, six billion pints of beer.
2: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) You know damn well those malt producers never made that before, Prohibition. Yeah, (laughs) seriously.
2: So is it safe to assume, and I'm sorry if you've said this, that they did drink more during Prohibition than before? Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow.
1: Well, like we said before, come to find it before the Great Depression, it was a time, it was good times
2: yes yeah yeah and that
1: all goes hand in hand and the women had independence they were voters yes. they were getting they were allowed in the speakeasies. they're having a great day. i mean just the yeah. world prohibition kind of got in the way but i think it really it just made it more fun
2: exactly <laughs> a little bit more under the radar like yeah. exciting yeah okay wow cool
1: so as you can imagine imagine homes across cities royal air royal royal speak rural <laughs> you can't <laughs> say rural even with not dry mouth
2: I know, rural.
1: No, except for me. No, I know, rural. It's hard.
2: <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Cod. It's very coddy.
1: Anyway, in all these areas, they were turning their basements, their attics, their farms, their forests, their wooded areas into bootlegger's dream. Oh, my This God. truly made it impossible for the IRS, I mean, the Prohibition Bureau, not the IRS, <laughs> to enforce this new law. Mm -hmm. And they tried. In fact, from 1921 to 1925, they did seize 697,000 stills. That's like nothing. Well, right. Well, they probably thought they got a lot. And from mid-1928 to mid-1929, about a year, they confiscated another 11,400 stills, 15,700 distilleries. Oh, that was a good haul. Yeah. (laughs) And 1.1 million gallons of illegal alcohol. Wow. Now, let me give you an example of one of the many ways the many gangs ran their operations. Let's quickly meet the... I think it's Jenna Brothers. It's with a G. So it looks like Genna Brothers, but I think it's Jenna.
2: Okay. I'm pretty sure they're not listening. So I
1: don't... (laughs) Probably not. <laughs> I don't think we're going to insult them. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're Italian. So, Jenna, Genoa. Well, I'm going with yeah, yeah. with Salami. Jenna. Jenna Brothers gang. Okay. So, it's 1920, 1920. Prohibition has been declared. The Jenna Brothers quickly acquire a license to legally manufacture industrial alcohol with their plans of redistilling it, like refiltering it, and turn mm-hmm. it into a drinkable alcohol. Okay. Which is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Albeit very dangerous. Mm. In case you didn't know, industrial alcohol is alcohol that has been denatured by adding chemicals to it. Mm. And they use it in things like cleaning products, cosmetics, oh paint, gasoline, oh. etc. Oh my God. Now one particular additive is called wood alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it's poisonous. Oh my <laughs> God. if you swallow it, it's poisonous. It could cause nerve damage, blindness. And or death. Yeah. However, gangsters trying to make a buck, they would still re- redistill it and get most of it out. Oh, <laughs> a good percentage. Ah. Unfortunately, oh, their rot gut swill would be mixed into cocktails. And it's said that as many as fi- 50,000, although probably more, mm. people died from the tainted alcohol. Oh, no.
2: God.
1: so by 1927 the government actually ordered the producers of the industrial alcohol mm-hmm. to double the amount of wood alcohol added <gasps> add kerosene and oh i don't god. know what pri- pride is
2: cyanide but- yeah
1: <laughs> pretty much yeah. pride to make it taste as horrible as they could and impossible to move <laughs> to to remove to
2: yeah oh my god
1: Anyway, so the Jennas, well, they were six brothers, and they controlled the Little Italy section of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And they had decided they didn't want to chance illegally running a large distillery. Mm -hmm. So they decided to enlist the help of its people. Aw, that's adorable. Isn't it? Yeah, a bedtime story. Yeah. So they supplied the homes in the then tenements of Little Italy with one gallon copper cooler cookers, otherwise known as elky cookers or stills, uh-huh. they were tasked with making small amounts of homemade alcohol for them. Oh my God, now the Jennas were kind they would supply them with the sh- with the corn sugar, and yeast, uh-huh. and they would pay each household fifteen dollars a day huh. which was a lot that's actually three times uh, yeah. more than the yeah. average. These were average unskilled workers because yeah, they were in the yeah. tenements. And stuff. So they were making three times more doing this than yeah. they were just going to work. So it was a good deal. Yeah. And this was just in exchange for them to keep 50 gallons of corn sugar boiling in their homes. Huh. Wow, that's insane, actually. I know. Yeah. I know. Now, a gallon of moonshine whiskey cost the Jennas 50 to 75 cents a gallon, mm-hmm. which they would send, which they would turn around and sell to the speakeasies for $6 a gallon. Mm. Now, they had... Thousands of stills running in their city. (laughs) Yeah. And they'd make about $150,000 a month. Wow. Now, even though this plan had some issues from time to time, you know, like stills blowing up (laughs) or the resident's house burning down and killing the tenant, they still (laughs) considered it a success. Yeah. So much so that they wanted to expand. (laughs) So they sold their extra alcohol at a cut rate price outside of their territory to the north side. (gasps) Oh. Which was run by Dean O'Banion. Wow. Well, okay. Dean Good. went to one of the bigger guys, Johnny oh. the Fox Torio. Oh. Boy. And Sicilian boss Mike Merlot. Oh. And he asked them to go tell the Jenna brothers to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Torio, he just liked peace, he didn't really want to get involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so O'Banion decided he was going to start hijacking any shipments coming into the area that didn't belong to him, but belonged to the Jenner brothers. Wow. Like yeah. I said, <clears> throat> Torio throat> didn't like trouble. So he put oh. a hit out on O'Bannon.
2: Aw, <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's a peaceful way to resolve that. Well, he didn't do it. <laughs> well,
1: exactly. So therefore, <laughs> it's, it's like he wasn't even involved. Yeah. Well, I think Aww. the deal is. Torio also had a deal with, he had a deal with O'Banion, mm-hmm. um, but he was also allies with the Jenna brothers. Right. And one of the things Torio had with O'Banion is that they shared profits from a casino. Mm-hmm. And at yeah. one point, O'Banion refused to forgive a gambling debt that one of the Jenna brothers had racked up. So mm-hmm. Torio right. was like, okay, enough is enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. So one day, while O'Banion was in his flower shop, he got a visit from one of Torio's associates. A little bee in the flower shop. Yeah. And a couple of torpedoes. They were called, they were the gunmen. And well, you might be surprised to hear this, but on November 10th, 1924, O'Banion died from multiple gunshot wounds. I personally think it's an accident, but take it for what it is. I mean, I don't know. I think it was just a tragic accident.
2: I think it was natural causes, and I think we need to see the autopsy report. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, but we demand justice. We
1: demand, justice.
2: <laughs> we demand the
1: truth. I have to tell you, his funeral was huge. Oh, you know, God. all the big slums were there, like Al Capone and the Southside gang. Oh, God. And by the way, this was just the first of many funerals to come as the beer wars had just begun. Oh, there were beer wars? I didn't <laughs> know Evidently, I oh, didn't look God. into it. <laughs> as for the Jennas, by 1925, three of them had already been taken out by other gangs. And the other three actually fled to Italy. Mm. And their territory got absorbed into the organization. Now, can I just say, I saw pictures from O'Banion's funeral.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. Holy
1: fuck. The streets were filled. It was like the royal wedding was uh, happening. This is the amount of people out there. This was not like one row. This was... (sighs) Okay. Unbelievable. (laughs) Okay.
2: Yeah. I don't know if he was like really like that let's say admired but maybe it was also like f- he was feared like if people didn't show up for his funeral it was like a sign of disrespect did you know that in north korea there's all sorts of stuff but if uh, like a political leader dies and you don't shed real tears you're like arrested because they don't think you cared
1: is that south korea or north korea
2: north korea yeah i the communist one Yeah,
1: isn't that similar to during their newscast? They have to smile and be all happy as they're talking about the the leader? Oh, yeah. Like they can't have anything sound like they – or Or something happens of natural causes. Throwing shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
2: Exactly, yeah. So I'm wondering if people lined the streets because they really did admire him and feel like, you know, sometimes – I'm not sure. Maybe they did feel like they lived in a safe community because it was run by this family, you know? They or maybe have. it was fear. I don't know. No, yeah. Well,
1: I think as far as I know from what I read is that they were against each other. They weren't against the people. Yeah. The gangsters, you yeah. know, they in a lot yeah. of times I think they did protect yeah. their their towns or their territories. I can and, totally see that. Uh, and I mean, really, they were probably upset because they probably had the same kind of thing as the Jenner brothers and they were getting cash and he died. But he may have been a great... Great person yes. to have under you. I don't know. I think over they were you. a little
2: bit nervous about buying flowers. If you
1: saw this crowd, you you could really not show up. Nobody would notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable.
2: Oh, I might actually look that up. Wow.
1: <laughs> now, before we go on, I thought it would be mm-hmm. fun to learn a little bit about al- how alcohol, again, illegal, mm-hmm. got moved around the country. After all, you couldn't just carry a case of gin down the street, although I'm sorry, you probably could. But- <laughs> <laughs> or in your bootleg. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I probably, without pictures, like, if you see the pictures, you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I'll try. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think you can all imagine somewhat, someone hiding a bottle of booze in their car, as they did. Like, they might mm-hmm. have false floorboards to hide some bottles. You might hide some bottles in, <laughs> okay, you might not think this, but in fish or vegetables to look like ordinary groceries. Mm-hmm. You might even have a false gas tank installed to hide some hooch bunch oh my god yeah (laughs) listen i could i really should have hit the thesaurus for this one yeah but listen to all these and this isn't all this is just a few of the imaginative ways the big guys and the little guys hid their little treasures all right now simply put some would hide flasks or bottles in hollowed out holy bibles who's going to check a bible (laughs) uh oh in cans of fruit instead of syrup they would put alcohol oh my god (laughs) How about a truck of, you're not going to like, pig carcasses?
2: <gasps> oh, my God. Stuffed with whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Bottles of whiskey. Oh, God. It really doesn't, <laughs> that one actually doesn't surprise me, but oh, my Lord.
1: Hell, they were firing torpedoes filled yeah. with whiskey from <gasps> the Canadian side of the Great Lakes <gasps> to the American side. <laughs> oh, my. What? Yep. Yeah. Now, speaking of water, some boats would actually dragged the illegal cargo under their boat.
2: Oh my... Oh my
1: God. They opened up old tunnels that ran from boathouses to regular houses. They were Mm. all reopened so they could trap things that way. Yeah, yeah. They even used sunken ships to hide underwater cable systems they had created, which electronically hauled metal cylinders filled with up to 50 gallons of booze. (laughs) Uh, This is... (laughs) mind blowing <laughs> Oh my god And don't worry when the lakes and rivers froze people would try to drive their cars right across dragon sleds of yeah. booze Yeah And how about cow shoes you got a pair What are cow shoes I had heard of these before I yeah, don't know really? where but yeah it's a strap of metal attached to a piece of wood that has been carved to look like the hoof print of a cow Okay So if you were going into the woods or something to check <gasps> on the supply or the stills or so yeah, oh. The police couldn't find you because they weren't regular shoe prints. They were just simple cow prints. You're not oh. going to follow a bunch of c- I, crazy, I, huh?
2: <laughs> I have the least criminal mind. Like, I would not have thought of any of these things. Oh, God.
1: And don't forget the women. They mm. made great rum runners and, boat, uh, and bootleggers mm-hmm. because most women were dismissed as delicate. Yes. And in many states, a woman wasn't allowed to be searched. So it was very easy for them to strap a very large amount of booze to themselves and put on the the dress over it and then a large coat. Wow. Yeah. And let's not forget the river rats. Mm -hmm. See, they would pack. This is ingenious. They would pack booze in crates of sugar and Mm -hmm. send them across the St. Lawrence River from Canada to the U.S. Mm -hmm. If the boat was caught, the authorities would just dump the alcohol overboard and the crates would sink because of the sugar. Mm. But hours later, after the sugar <gasps> dissolved, the cases of whiskey would float back. Oh, my surface. God. The boats would be waiting and they would throw them back on the boat and finish their delivery. <laughs> uh, the
2: imagination is mind boggling. <laughs> oh Crazy. My huh? God, the sugar. <gasps> I'm, I really like these people.
1: I know. <laughs> I think Aren't I found the- my
2: people. They're not the Mesopotamians. <laughs> but no, this good is a people. whole different... Yeah. Whole different league.
1: Yeah. All right. Now, before I touch on mobsters, and I'm telling you, I'm only going to touch on them. I want to tell you about two bootleggers. First, Mm -hmm. Mr. Roy Olmsted. He was a lieutenant in the Seattle Police Department. Now, I'm guessing he must have needed a second job and a little more cash because he decided to smuggle whiskey from Canada Mm -hmm. while he was still on the force. (laughs) Now, while he ended up getting caught and losing his job, what's one to do? (laughs) Pfft. Go full-time, of course. Obviously. And he made bank. Up to $200,000 a month. Oh, my God. And people liked him because he was known as the good bootlegger because he Mm. never diluted his alcohol with chemicals or water like most of the others did. Wow. But he was doing so well with money. He's like him, his wife, and a gentleman named Al Hubbard decided to open up a radio station. Mm. As one would.
2: Clearly, a police force, head of a an illegal operation, a podcast, essentially. <laughs>
1: Basically, everyone yeah. had one. Yeah. <laughs> everyone started a radio show. Yeah. Yeah. So his wife had a radio show where she would read bedtime stories on the air every night for kids starting at 7 15. That's adorable. Now, rumor has it
2: <laughs> oh, God. that she
1: would insert coded language into her <gasps> stories as signals to her husband's bootlegging network. Anyway, oh, oh the feds had done had done some work and did a wiretap on Roy and one night during her show the home was in, the home was raided and he was arrested. Oh. <laughs> oh Interesting God. little side note though. Yeah. Al Hubbard mm-hmm. He later on became known as the as the Johnny Appleseed of LSD. <gasps> he was the very first person to endorse LSD as a visionary and transcendental drug. I just thought it was really weird that he was- Wow.
2: That's quite the life trajectory. I know.
1: Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. don't you want to go learn about uh, Al Hubbard now? Uh,
2: oh my God. Totally. And now that you say his name, I feel like maybe I've heard of him, but I might totally not.
1: I know. confused him with yeah. our favorite oh. Scientologist, Al Ron oh. Hubbard. Oh, that's what
2: I was <laughs> saying. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. for
1: <laughs> saving Because that's me myself. how I ended up looking up Al Hubbard.
2: Okay. Because
1: I'm like, Oh, wait, isn't, and I'm picturing Dianetics and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at, oh, no, no, but he was quite an amazing
2: person himself. <laughs> Seriously. Not that we condone any. This podcast does not condone any of his activities.
1: <laughs> no, no. But back then, I, I don't think LSD was illegal back then anyway. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, so that was him. Now, there's one other bootlegger. His name was Captain William Bill McCoy. Okay. He was an early rum runner. Uh He ran booze from Bahamas to St. Florida and people Mm -hmm. liked buying from him because he too didn't water down his whiskey. You see, these are good people, Chris. Okay. Ready for this one. Oh God. People referred to him as the real McCoy. (gasps) Uh, Don't you love when I come up with those? I do. That's that's where that comes from. I love that. William Bill McCoy. He was the real McCoy. Because he was a rum runner, who well he he didn't water had down the real whiskey, right, 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 right? Real right. whiskey, the there real it. McCoy. I yeah. love it. Um, now, once the Coast Guard caught on, he would ready for this one park offshore just far enough to be legal mm-hmm. and wait to unload the faster boats. He was the one that began rum row.
2: Wow! I like Chris. You're the real McCoy. <laughs>
1: You, yeah, you have <laughs> nailed it. Nailed I, it. This was, I thought it was going to be two minutes to the alcohol. I'm like, ah, oh, we'll get right over to the mobsters. Well, yeah. <laughs> as I said, I planned on doing bootlegging and mobsters, but A, I've dragged on for too long. <laughs> B, the bootlegging was way too interesting just to drop it. And C, mm. honestly, mobsters and organized crime in the end really is a topic on its own. It I think so too. and everything there, but.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was totally. actually,
1: the, I think it was the least connected to Prohibition, even though they ran the whole thing. Yeah. They organized the whole thing. Yeah. But each of them. So. Yeah. Um, So I did say I'd cover some of them. So I'll give a quick rundown of our most famous ones that came out of Prohibition. hmm And like I said before, rum running and bootlegging and all that wouldn't have happened as beautifully as it did with yeah. these guys. Yeah. So, I'll just look at Chicago and New York a little bit. So, in Chicago, some of our most notorious mobsters were, of course, Al Capone. Mm -hmm. He was also known as Scarface. He was the co-founder and boss of Chicago Southside. He's most famous for the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Mm -hmm. In case you didn't know, that happened in 1925. Um, And... Which he gunned down, or he had his guys, machine gunned down seven members of the rival Bugs Moran's gang Mm. from the north side. Bugs Mm -hmm. Moran? Bugs Moran. That's it. From the north side. (laughs) Right. Al went to jail, well, for tax evasion in Atlanta, (sighs) and then he was transferred to the new uh, Alcatraz prison. Ooh. And that's where he spent seven years, six months, and 15 days until his release.
2: (laughs) Really? Okay. Yeah, I I don't even know if I've seen Scarface, like like beginning to end. Have you the movie? Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I live <laughs> in a bubble, Chris. You know that.
1: <laughs> okay,
2: what? Of she's course, got, next, I've seen it.
1: Next, she's gonna say she's never seen The Godfather. What's that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I've definitely seen that. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. I What's need to your opinion catch on up,
1: Godfather Three?
2: Um, I don't remember. I think it sucked. I don't know. I, don't
1: I know. personally, I mean, I didn't love it. Yeah. One and two were the ones. Yeah. Some people love three, but not my thing. Anyway, so we're back in Chicago. There was Frank Nitti. He was the first cousin and bodyguard of Al Capone, and he became the acting boss when Capone went to prison. Mm-hmm. Now I mentioned Bugs Moran. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually didn't die in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. It was, he was supposed to. Oh. He, he didn't show up that day. But oh. he, as I said, he was the boss of the North Side, and we have John Papa Johnny or Johnny the Fox Torrio. <laughs> uh, we mm-hmm. heard of him before. He was actually the original head of the South Side. Okay, with Al Capone. Um, a couple of the famous names you've heard were like Babyface Nelson, Machine Gun Kelly. Mm-hmm. Those were the big ones from Chicago, and John Dillinger. He okay. was famous for robbing banks. Oh, that was his thing. He was very charismatic. Um, even as a criminal, he actually was somewhat of a rock star. (laughs) Wow. You know, people loved him. And when he died, Cook County put his corpse up on display. I didn't go into finding out why. I'm sure it's a famous story, but. Yeah. And they say about 15,000 people came by to see it, which. Wow. Curiosity, I would probably go see it. Probably, yeah. Plus, especially for the time. Yeah, 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 for sure. It was in the newspaper or whatever.
2: People like gory stuff in general i think
1: well and i think probably i'm guessing i didn't read a lot about it but my guess is of course the mobsters and everything they you heard about them they were on the newspaper they were on the radio yeah and then they finally got them and they finally killed them and so they kind of got to go see what the face to what they've been hearing about is oh
2: yeah i can totally see that fascination
1: yeah uh so then on the new york side of things in my quick look, we have, like, Giuseppe, Joe the Boss, uh, Massarin, Masera, Maseria? I don't know. I don't know either. I actually never heard of him. Me neither. Uh, well, he was the boss of what is now known as the Genovese family.
2: I don't even know if I've heard of them.
1: I've heard of them. I've heard okay. Of them. But, you know. The uh, Chicago
2: names are really familiar. But I
1: know. They, well, I think that's what, I think New York was more it seems like yeah. the nightclubs and the speakeas and stuff, but it feels like the mob oh the prohibition organized crime families it feels more Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Um Charles Lucky Luciano, I know I've heard of him. Yes, I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. He was the Italian American mobster considered to be the father of organized crime. Hmm. He was the one to split power between five families Bonanos, Colombo, Gambino, Genovese, and Lucisi. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was to try to avoid wars. Right. Um. And another one we mentioned, what well, I'd mentioned before, was uh, Oni Madden. He was the one who was the owner of the Cotton Club. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. He was a mobster, too. Okay. So, that's all I'm going to touch on mobsters. Yeah. We knew they existed, you know. Oh, yeah. But there was one thing which a couple of people actually mentioned on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, which I had heard of before, too, so I'll mention it. It's the connection between NASCAR and bootlegging. Oh, God. It's true. If we hadn't had prohibition, we may not have NASCAR. Hmm. See, to outrun the feds, bootleggers figured out they needed to soup up their cars. Oh, my God. So they would take an ordinary car that, you know, one that wouldn't stand out, mm. modify the engine to make it go faster. They would then remove the floorboards, the passenger seat and the back seat so they could store more uh, cases of alcohol. Oh, my God. They installed extra suspension springs because that of the added weight.
2: Right. Well, and so that maybe, oh, no, maybe that's stupid, but so they wouldn't, like, clank
1: together and break <laughs> the bottles? Maybe that was just a bonus. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: and they even put a dirt-protecting plate in the front of the radiator. Ra- mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. The radiator. All this to get, like, a five-star on their Yelp review. Oh. <laughs> no <laughs> Just kidding. Or to run out the, outrun the cops. Now, these bootleggers couldn't be your average... Sunday driver. They needed to have sharp driving skills and be able to maneuver on dirt, gravel, down mm-hmm. the single lanes, and paved roads after dark with their headlights off. Oh my god. Wow. Wow. Now these cars and uh, and driving became so popular that runners from the southern states would actually get together and race and even made their own makeshift dirt tracks. Oh my god. And this is the route of stock cars Wow. and eventually it evolved into the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing or NASCAR.
2: Mind-blowing. <laughs>
1: Mind-blowing, yep. isn't it? Like when you can find
2: I know we talk a lot about the origins of things on this podcast. I I just find it so fascinating to know like, I, it would never in a million years have occurred to me that NASCAR might have come from
1: this. Exactly. <laughs> like, in, in a million, million years. Unless you were a years. huge NASCAR fan and ran across some documentary that oh, mentioned that. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But, oh, my Modifying God. Modifying cars for racing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. God. So one last guy that needs mentioning. Meet George Cassidy, or the man in the green hat. Hmm. I know. For 10 years, he su- supplied alcohol to the members of Congress. Mm -hmm. even those who voted for Prohibition. (laughs) In October of 1930, he decided to tell his story on six front-page articles. Mm -hmm. Now, he excluded names. He never ratted Mm -hmm. who received the alcohol. Mm Mm-hmm. He told the newspapers how he got started, where he got the booze, how he smuggled it in, and how Congress gave him an office to work from. He was quoted as saying, since Prohibition, four out of five senators and congressmen consume alcohol either on the job or in their homes. Hmm. So the public's outrage at this um, contributed to the repeal of the 18th Amendment. Right. In 1929, that was the beginning of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, the potential of the tax revenue from alcohol sales became quite appealing. Mm. So in 1932, Franklin D. Roosevelt made a campaign promise to make alcohol legal once again. Mm-hmm. And on December 5th, 1933, the 18th Amendment was ratified, thus mm. ending prohibition. Wow.
2: Amazing. <laughs>
1: Now, wow. I think Prohibition could be wrapped up with this little ditty from Prince Edward of Wales. <laughs> right. Um, he, he said, four and 20 Yankees, feeling very dry, went across the border to get a drink of rye. When the rye was opened, the Yanks began to sing, God bless America, but God save the king. <laughs> now, actually, he was talking about Canada when they were in their Prohibition, but it was so cute. It's adorable. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So, to wrap it up, here's a couple of fun little prohibition facts as we close. Mm In 1920, the U.S. granted six distilleries in Kentucky to continue bottling bourbon for medicinal purposes. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, the rule was all whiskeys had to be 100 proof. Seems a bit much to me, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I suppose it was medicinal. (laughs) Now, a patient was allowed one pint every 10 days, and the pint needed to have a government stamp on it and the prescription glued on the back of the bottle. Mm. Now, I had this, I found this to be fun. As whiskey goes into the barrel, did you know that the angels take their share? Aww.
2: Angels like metaphysical angels? Like Like angels. Winged angels. Wingsing. You see, it's, it's, um, it's like a divine intervention. It's beautiful. Or, it's A beautiful thing, Chris. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or it's referring to the fact that whiskey um, whiskey is lost during evaporation process? Mm. <laughs> or that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um oh. which in turn they say the whiskey goes in the bar- say it goes in the barrel at 100 proof. Mm-hmm. The angels take their share. Oh. And now it's like 105 proof. What? Oh, because it evaporated. The water yeah. evaporated <gasps> from it. <laughs> oh, my God. But did you know the devil takes his, he demands his share too? Well, wouldn't he though? He yeah. was that kind of guy. And he was. His yeah. share is the whiskey itself. And that's the whiskey that gets absorbed into the barrel side, you know, because it's made of wood. So it, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So the longer the whiskey is aged, the more the angels and the devils take.
2: Oh, and the better it tastes.
1: Because of No, the actually, oh, no. Really? A, a, no. As it sits longer, it actually gets very woody tasting. But don't people? Isn't that like kind of like the appeal to some
2: people, like smoky, woody? I don't know. I don't know anything about alcohol making. Yeah, not even after that. these episodes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't go too far into it, you know. But they did yeah. say that it gets stronger and it gets, it probably gets too strong tasting. Something. Yeah, yeah. Mix it with something which brings us back to prohibition and cocktails. But anyway, uh-huh. in 1929, the Association against Prohibition amendment estimates 90% of Canada's liquor was being exported to the US. 90%. 90%. The total oh. known amount of known, remember, of alcohol exported was worth around 30 million US dollars, but the Americans paid somewhere around a hundred million for it. Wow. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all. <laughs> no, no, that isn't it, but that is it tonight. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I I loved,
2: I loved it. I'm glad. I really loved it. I feel very knowledgeable uh, for the moment because you know that next week I'll have forgotten everything, but that's just, it's okay, Chris. It's okay. All right. Let's wrap it up. But I loved it. Thank you so much for that. And I love that it was a three-parter. That's no problem at all. But what this (laughs) means is that I have to prepare one for next week. That's the issue. You sure do. (laughs) Next week, actually two days from now. (laughs) (laughs) Potatoes, I better potatoes. go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. Like we said, um, we would love you to check out Kendra and uh, the podcast that we went on called Crushgasm over on her um, platform where anyway, okay, I'm not saying this well at all. Anyway, <laughs> check out Crush Gasm in general. And while you're there, Check out the episode we did. It was super, super fun. We have also got a couple of collaborations coming up on our show, which we will tell you a little bit about as they come up. Get closer. Get closer. Thank you. I'm yeah. very tired. It's like 11 o'clock. No, it's like, t- whatever. It's 10 o'clock. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And uh please come and give us a follow over at Instagram or Facebook at uh Today We Laughed and Learned. Or Twitter at Today We Laugh. We would love to hear from you, as always. Today We Laugh at gmail.com. And Chris, today, I think we can definitely say that we laughed.
1: And we learned all about rum-running, bootlegging, and mobsters.
2: Oh, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddies.
1: Bye. <laughs> Good night, everyone.
0: the mountains they operate the steel they're true blue to each other what they say they'll do they will they all carry six shooters shotguns and bow and knives and the man that tries to raid them is sure to lose his life He makes homebrew most anyone can learn. He takes a can of old, old syrup and an old-fashioned churn. He adds a cake of Easter, too, and he lets it work and foam. And a bottle or two on a Saturday night, he'll sing my home sweet home.